Okay, last week Jesus um, he did a pretty spectacular and public miracle. He was always doing miracles, but last uh, the last week's miracle at the Pool of Bethesda was significant because this was a place where the people were looking for miracles. They were looking for healing. And uh, apparently it was pretty rare, if at all, people were being healed there through this um, kind of a bizarre circumstance with the water churning and then whoever got him first was healed. But they were all there for that and they saw the power of Jesus healing the guy that was there for 38 years. They, everybody in the place knew this guy. He was a paralytic. He was sitting there. And after 38 years, Jesus comes and heals him. He takes his bed and walks away. Rise, take up your bed and walk. And the guy picks up his bed and walks. The religious leaders of the day saw him carrying his bed and walking. And they got mad at him. Not because he was, they didn't get happy for him because he was healed. They got mad at him because he was carrying his bed. What's the problem with carrying his bed? Why is that such a big deal? Because of the day that it was on. It was on the Sabbath. And everybody knows back then, and this was one of the things that the religious leaders actually used to control the people and to determine whether you are spiritual or not. The big one was, did you work on the Sabbath? And they had so many different dumb little laws. I can say that because Jesus actually criticized their interpretation of working on the Sabbath. To this day, if you go to Israel, which I've been three times, they have rules and laws. Now, not everybody follows them. Not all the, the Jewish people in Israel follow them, but it's the, uh, the Orthodox community and even the, the more liberal um, religious community will still follow a lot of these rules. Things like... Uh, you know, the one that always got me was the elevator button. You're not allowed to push the button on the elevator on the Sabbath because that's working. So in the hotels, they'll have a special elevator for the Sabbath. I'm not even kidding. This is in all the hotels. That will stop on every single floor. So if you're, a, if you're following the Sabbath, you're not working, so you can't push the button. You can get on this elevator, and it'll stop. So if, you're, if it's a big hotel and you're on the 40th floor, hey... You better bring a book or something <laughs> when you're going up the elevator because it'll literally stop on every floor. So they had all these rules, and this is what Jesus came into, a, an atmosphere of religious tension and rules that were based not on the Scripture. Well, their, their, their seed idea was from the Scripture, but then they created traditions surrounding the Scripture that were, many of them, actually contradicting the Bible itself. And so this guy carries his bed and they get mad. And so they ask him, who told you to carry your bed? Finally, they discover it was Jesus. Verse 16, this is where we pick up, John chapter 5. For this reason, the Jews persecuted Jesus and sought to kill him because he had done these things on the Sabbath. Do you think their re religious interpretation was important to them? Absolutely. Because they had gone so far as to seek to kill uh, Jesus for doing these things on the Sabbath. But Jesus answered and said to them, verse 17, My father has been working until now, and I have been working. Therefore, the Jews sought all the more to kill him. Because not only had he broken the Sabbath, he hadn't, but in their opinion he had, but also said that God was his father, making himself equal with God. And then Jesus answered and said to them, Most assuredly I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself but what he sees the Father do. For whatever he does, the Son also does in like manner. And he continues on. I want to just point out a few things 
in this short devotional tonight from John chapter 5, verse 16 up to verse 30. It all goes together. They come into Jesus. I want to point out a couple of things. This is an important passage, especially for us uh, believers in Jesus Christ, to identify the nature of who is Jesus. And we believe, it is our belief and it is a fundamental or an essential belief of our faith that we believe that Jesus is God. Right? That's our belief. It separates us from false teaching. It separates us from Christian cults. It separates us from other religions. That we believe and identify Jesus Christ, the same one who walked around in Israel 2,000 years ago, that he is the creator of all things, the eternal God in the flesh. And uh, this is one passage where he shows um, that he is God. How? Number one, he says that he's equal with God, or he demonstrates it through his comments. Look what he says. He says, my father has been working until now, and I have been working. When they question him on the Sabbath, they're like, you shouldn't be working. And he says, I can work on the Sabbath because God can work on the Sabbath and I'm God. That's basically the argument that he's using. He's saying, God is, my father is working until now, and so I get to work as well. I want you to notice that he doesn't say our father like he does in other places. You know, when we're talking to, to believe other believers, our, we can call God our father. But the relationship between the son of God and the father who is God is different than any of our relationships to God. Than any human relationship to God up to that point. He was able to call him my father. Why? Because the son, and I'm. this is a deep theological subject called the trinity <laughs> it's not really a beach you know kind of devotional content but it's in the scripture so here we go but we believe that jesus the father and the holy spirit all within scripture claiming and demonstrating to be god yet the bible says there's one god hero israel the lord your god the lord is one. And the Bible says, you shall have no other God beside me, the Lord says. So when Jesus is saying, God is working on the Sabbath, he's my father, and therefore I have the authority to work on, on the Sabbath, they recognized what he was saying. What did they recognize? The, the Jews sought all the more to kill him because he not only broke the Sabbath, but also said God was his father, making himself equal with God. They recognized it. Uh, Augustine, who lived in the 4th century, said that the Jews of this day recognized what the Arians did not, that Jesus was claiming to be God. Not the Arians like the modern day, but this was a, a, her a heresy back in that day that said Jesus is the Son of God, is a good teacher, but is only a created being and is not God himself. There's a group called the Jehovah's Witness that say the same thing today. It's the same old, same old stuff, recirculated, heresy. So the Jews recognize this, and we do too, that number one, he is equal with God. Number two, he does the works of God, verse 19. Jesus answered and said to them, Most assuredly I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself but what he sees the Father do. Whatever the Father does, the Son also does in like manner. Why? 
The Father loves the Son, verse 20, and shows him all things that he himself does, and he will show him greater works than these that you may marvel. As the Father raises the dead and gives life to them, even so the Son gives life to whom he will. Imagine the Jews hearing this from a man, a teacher, like I'm teaching right now. I'm not claiming to be the Son of God. Um, but imagine them, you know, coming to a gathering and, and hearing Jesus talk this way, that God can raise the dead, I can raise the dead. Um, God can work on the Sabbath, I can work on the Sabbath. And then he says in verse 21, uh, verse 22, As the Father ju judges no one, but has committed all judgment to the Son, that all should honor the Son just as they honor the Father. He who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. So he's basically saying, I'm equal with God. I do the works of God. That's number two. And what are the works of God from this passage and a little bit further? There are three things here. Number one, in verse 20, he says, greater works than these I will do. What are these works that he's referring to? Remember the last week? He healed the man. Healing. Healing is a work of God. And Jesus is saying, I do the works of God, therefore I heal. Secondly, he said the work of God is to give life to whom he will, verse 21. And he actually says this over and over again throughout the rest of the passage. He can give life. In other words, God is the only one who can give life to the dead or create life in the first place. Who created life in the first place? God did. Who created life in the first place? Jesus did. All things were th created through him and for him. Jesus is God because he does the works of God. And he's saying that to them right here. God, the Father gives life, I give life. And then another work, the third work he talks about here is judgment. Will God judge the world one day? What do you guys think? Yes or no? Yes, he will. Correct. Correct answer. God will judge the world one day. But do you know what Jesus said? The Father will not judge the world one day. Isn't that what he just said? Who will judge the world one day? God will, but who will? Jesus said he has committed all judgment to the Son. Jesus will judge the world one day. Jesus is God. He does the works of God. Do you see where he's going with these things? Now it's very important to remember that Jesus is not the Father. Jesus is not the Holy Spirit. This is kind of where it gets confusing. <laughs> and you may look at me and be like, I don't understand this. And I would say, join the club of people from for the last 2,000 years. We can't understand God. If our finite minds could understand, who has known the mind of the Lord or understood his ways? The Bible asks the question. Nobody. We only know or understand what he has revealed to us in Scripture about himself. And he even uses relationships like a father and a son to help us kind of understand it. But it's difficult. In fact, when Jesus was being baptized, he heard a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved son, whom I am well pleased. Who was speaking from heaven? The father. At the same time, there was a dove. It wasn't a dove, but it was the Holy Spirit in the form of a dove coming down. So the Father speaking from heaven, Jesus being baptized, the Holy Spirit coming down. 
each one saying, this is God, and there's only one God, three in one. That's where we get the idea of the Trinity. Three persons, one God, one in essence, three in person. All right, so that's, that'll give you something to think about for the next 10 million years. <laughs> but to summarize, Jesus is saying this. If you want to know who I am, he's claiming equality with the Father, that he's God. He's claiming to do the works of God, that he's God. And number three, he should be honored as God. But let's read verse 24, first of all. And this, this continues in the works of God, primarily those last two giving life and judging. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who hears my word and believes in him who sent me has everlasting life. I love that verse, verse 24. He shall not come into judgment, but has passed from death to life. Again, just imagine him saying this to people. Listening to my word can give you life for all of eternity. Who else could say that but God himself? God is the author of life. And you may be sitting here saying, we know, we believe that Jesus is God. But this is not accepted among a lot of people, Christians. Jesus is a good teacher. Jesus is a prophet. Jesus is, you know, an, an angel. One of many gods. Polytheism. And verse 25, Most assuredly I say to you, the hour is coming and now is when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. As the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son to have life in himself. He has given him authority to execute judgment also because he is the Son of Man. Why is Jesus going to judge us as human beings? It's very simple. First of all, because he's God. We already talked about that. And God's going to judge the world. But secondly, he has the understanding and the authority to judge us because not only is he God, but he's also a man. When you see Jesus, you're not going to see a floating light in the sky. When you see Jesus, you're going to see a human being. You guys understand that? To this day, from the time he was born of Mary, God, the second person of the Trinity, the Son of God, became a man for the rest of eternity. And that's, you know, the Father is uh, um, uh, a spirit, the Holy Spirit, spiritual. Jesus, a man. So Jesus has the ability and the authority to judge human beings because he is a human being and he's also God. That's the same reason why he can save us, by the way. Because he is a human being and he's also God. So he can take our punishment as a human being and he can pay the ultimate penalty because he's God. Man, that's some deep stuff for the beach. <laughs> so be it. He's talking about it. He's exactly saying these things here about giving life. So he says in verse 27, uh, and has given him authority to execute judgment also because he's the son of man. He uses that phrase, son of man, which is very common in the Gospels. Do not marvel at this, for the hour is coming when all who are in the graves will hear his voice. They'll come forth, those who have done good to the resurrection of life, those who have done evil to the resurrection of condemnation. By the way, I want to say something about verse 29. When the judgment happens, we're not going to be judged as spirits. We're going to be judged as uh, bodies, resurrected bodies. Everybody will be resurrected from the dead and will be a physical body. 
And that's what the Bible teaches. In fact, up until pretty modern times, the expectation, especially in the Jewish communities, was not that we would float up to heaven someday and be a spirit floating in the sky on the clouds, but that our bodies would be resurrected into a kingdom that Jesus or the Messiah would come and set up on this earth. So he's saying people will be resurrected, not just believers, but unbelievers too. You know, everybody will be resurrected, and at the resurrection, they will then be judged in physical bodies based on their acceptance or rejection of Jesus Christ, the God who became man. And then they will be judged in those physical bodies either to heaven or to hell. That's why when the Bible talks about a lake that burns and fire and brimstone, it has special significance to those who understand it will be a physical body for the rest of eternity. Not some spiritual, weird, like, trippy thing. Like a real thing. And the same with heaven. Heaven isn't going to be some spiritual, weird, like, trippy thing in the clouds with a harp. I don't know how the harp got in there. It's going to be a real experience. Just like we're experiencing the joy of the sunset and the beach. In heaven, we'll experience the joy of, this. there won't be a sun, the Lord will be the light. But they'll, it'll be more beautiful than the sunset and the beach. But it'll be a physical thing. And that's what he's talking about. In verse 30, I can of myself do nothing. He says, uh, as I hear, I judge. My judgment is righteous because I do not seek my own will, but the will of the Father who sent me. Another thing about this relationship is Jesus now is able to show us because of the relationship he has with the Father, is to show us the relationship we can have with God as our Father. We don't have the same union that the Son and the Father have within the Trinity, but we do have a relationship with God being adopted into the family of a a son or a daughter and a father. And Jesus is saying, this is how it's done. You follow his will. You walk in his ways. I don't seek my own will. I seek the Father's who sent me. And that's how he always did his ministry. That's how Jesus did as an example to us. Number one, he is equal with God. Number two, he does the works of God. And number three, I'm ending with this, he should be honored as God. Verse 23, all should honor the Son just as they honor the Father. He who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. Can you you be saved by God? Can you... Uh, honor God without honoring Jesus Christ his son? The answer is no. And that's why when cults come over or other religions say, you know, we just all worship the same God. Have you ever heard that before? It sounds good on the, like when you just hear it, you're like, okay, yeah, because your God created everything. Oh yeah, my God created everything too. Uh, Your God is merciful. My God's merciful too. Your God says do good. My God says, oh, it must be the same God. There's one big difference. I'm, I'm thinking of especially the monotheistic religions. Judaism, Islam, and Christianity are the big ones. The big difference between those three is one thing. Jesus Christ. Even the Jewish people who have the Old Testament Holy Scripture. They miss salvation because they miss, they stumble at the stumbling stone, which is Jesus Christ. That's why Jesus says... You have to honor the Son if you want the Father. You don't have the Son, you don't have the Father. That's the way it is. Talk to the, the Isla, uh, Muslims. 
Allah has no sun. <laughs> There's just, you know, this guy up in the sky with the lightning bolts. Jesus is the difference. Jesus is always the difference. And not just as a good teacher, as God himself who came to save us, that whoever would believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. He who hears my word and believes in him who sent me shall not, pass, uh, shall not perish, but have passed from death into life. 